Welcome to Haunted Grove, a horrific podcast. Haunted Grove is a horror media review podcast with no set schedule, no censorship, and more pierced flesh and exposed musculature than you can shake a stick at. Your horrific hosts for today or for this episode are Colin, Cameron, and Adam. And today we're going to give you our uh, spoiler-filled review of the Scarlet Gospels by Clive Barker. Oh man! Right, yeah, so, <laughs> this proves that we don't just review movies; <laughs> we do read. From time Hell yeah! To time. We're actually we know also how sometimes. Yeah, I'm in the process of rebuilding my library again, and I'm you know when you had that thing, do you rebuy everything you already had, mm-hmm. or do we start going down a different path? And Clive Barker, sad to say, as an author, I have not given um, enough attention to. Oh man. Out of few books, but I'm severely lacking. Um, so <laughs> I had heard about this book a while ago. Yeah. Just thought, yeah, let's have to pick this up and give it a go. Well, I'm glad you did because yeah. I loved revisiting this novel. Um, is this your first read through, uh, Cameron? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've I I do have a bit of experience with Barker, not a whole shit ton, but um, yeah, this is first time checking this one out. There, there, are, there are traits that Clive Barker uh, sort of infuses in, in nearly everything he does. Uh, you know, of course, fantasy and horror, this, this mixture of otherworldly experience and, and multidimensionality is sort of his bread and butter. Um, but every once in a while, you run across these stories that have either characters or aspects um, that are played out in other short stories or, or mm-hmm. novel forms, like The Book of the Art, which is Everville and the Great and the Secret Show, these two books that create what's mm-hmm. referred to as the books of, or um, the Book of the Art or something like that. Um, Harry Damore is featured briefly in those, even though Harry Damore was first introduced in The Last Illusion, you know, volume six of the Books of Blood that was released, um, you know, decades ago. And mm-hmm. it's just this really great, sort of noir detective who is infused with the occult and you know going back to these uh, premises that that clive barker frequently relies on you get a lot of sexuality you get a lot of occult you get a lot of perverseness and this particular novel has all of that infused to the nth degree so whether (laughs) (laughs) or not the the um the audience who received this uh, whether they received it well or not wildly depends on how you personally feel about you know perversiveness in life and and your obsession with the occult and and stuff like that with the three of us i know we all kind of appreciate that stuff we are sex kind of a safe bet (laughs) yeah well that's a no-brainer we're we're kind of okay with that stuff um Mm. i think we should uh provide that a lot of people, fo- when they talk about movie tie-ins with books, everyone focuses on likes of Stephen King. Right. But nobody gives Clive Barker, because um, I rewatched Lord of the Illusions at the weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's so underrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his movie crossovers, uh, there's one I watched uh, about a month ago, The Midnight Meat Train. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bradley Cooper. Um. You think of um, obviously BS and Cabal, but uh, Nightbreed. Yep. Yep. One of my favorites. But those are amazing movies. Um, but they're Rawhead really understated. Yeah, Rawhead Rex. I'm just kidding. Yeah, there you go. That's not good. No one likes. <laughs> That's no fun. One. I like it because it's it's goofy costume design. Like the story itself. That's the 80s. That's house type. You know, 
that's eighties um, horror, you know, for sure. Yeah, um, Cameron, what were you saying when uh, we started here? Uh, just talking about the tie-ins. Um, like it's, it, he is definitely underrated. I mean, he's very much like a king, like a rice, where a lot of his shit ties together. And it's so nuanced that it doesn't really change the story if you know about it, but you get little things that go, <laughs> I read that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when they're referencing Cold Hard Canyon, like that's yeah. one of my favorite fucking uh, Barker story. novels. I absolutely adore it. Um, that's one I've read dozens of times. Um, but yeah, like just little mentions of things in his novels that reference other works. I love that stuff. You don't get that a whole lot with other art. Uh, authors yeah one thing in particular to the hellraiser franchise that um clive barker was never really happy with is that he did in fact sell the ip and he recently got it back but he you know the the ip was taken over and they sort of just went crazy with hellraiser Mm -hmm. um clive barker was involved in the first two films i think he helped produce the third one but he was never really happy with how pinhead was named and presented and you know we see this with stephen king in the shining where the the novel no, novella in this particular case doesn't really match where the mythology went in the film franchise, and so mm-hmm. you either are the liter in general the literature fan or the film fan, and unfortunately most people who just don't read aren't even aware that there is a difference or that there could have been a difference, and that disparity for me coming into this is a little bit frustrating because I'm I'm the literary fan of Barker. Um, more than I am of any of the films, even though some of the films I really do enjoy uh, and I'm sort of obsessive about, like Lord of Illusion, like you mentioned, uh, Colin. So my version of Pinhead is begins and ends with Hellbound Heart, and I don't really like, even though I can appreciate the 80s you know, franchise, I don't really appreciate the on-screen version of him as much as I do the, the novel version of him. But mm-hmm. then this film builds on that tries to recorrect and re you know sort of um straighten the ship as it were and it's not as effective because we've lived with pinhead for so long this version of pinhead is different he does Mm -hmm. things that are inconsistent yeah so i I do end up of course want to talk about that but do you guys want to walk through a sort of um you know what this story was about um colin do you want to take that so effectively, um, and I always thought that Pinhead was, because he's always known as a Cenobite, yeah. I actually thought he was the bishop, the pope, the high priest of the Cenobites. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the leader. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize until I spoke how low down the packing order he was, yeah. which right. is a bit of a shock to me. So, And that's important for the premise of the story, because this is effectively, um, and I, actually I'm a bit annoyed that if Clyde Barker didn't like the name Pinhead, why did he give him a name? Right. Because I'm always going to call him Pinhead, you know. What I mean? <laughs> right. So he didn't. He didn't offer an alternative here. I mean, this is the first time he right. ever did is the Hell Priest, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, we've got the Hell Priest. Um, he's looking the amass power, and the book starts off. He's basically he's hunting down human magicians. Yeah. Which was never even brought. Like I thought there was a whole series of this, and I kept looking. I'm going. I can't start this because. The way I read into the book was like the whole series, but it's not. It's a direct sequel to Hellbound Heart. So where'd all this stuff about magicians come from? So apparently... His other work. <laughs> yeah, but this is um, 
this is what they, I think somebody needs to do a proper chronological um, detail of how this all ties together, and then you, at least you can get a, like a reading timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like uh, you know, like comic book series is the way they jump from one to the other. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way it's kind of going. So I think maybe that could be a little project. Yeah, for this channel, huge undertaking. Uh, it would take us. It would take us a minute or two. Yeah. yeah. So, Pinhead effectively, he's hunting down human magicians. He's amassing power, and the idea is he basically wants to challenge Lucifer himself. That's that's his ultimate goal. See, that's interesting because I I know that's where it went, but I thought it was a different. Like, I thought he realized his limitation. And so he didn't want to have that limitation. He wanted to ascend to the most powerful position he possibly could in hell. And that's and, and that he could never be an angel like the person who created hell. And so mm-hmm. I thought he wanted to commune with Lucifer to, to become more enlightened until he once he got there, then that happened. It but, got a wee bit twisted towards... Yeah. Um, it's only disappointing, and it doesn't change my rating of the book. Mm-hmm. But the actual interaction between Pinhead and Lucifer was a bit of a letdown because of his actions. So even before he, he got to him, he had already flipped the switch in his head. Yeah. And you kind of see that play out. Yeah. So what his original intentions were, he was effectively, he was always going to challenge Lucifer. That, mm-hmm. that, that was basically, this is Pinhead's version of Lucifer's rebellion in heaven. Do you know what I mean? This is Pinhead's yeah. rebellion in hell. Yeah. Um, so this is all playing out. Harry Damore gets involved, sucked in the trap because Pinhead's noticed him. Yeah. Well, Harry has been this, a freak. This is where we. This is where we need, um, like I said, a timeline because there's bound to be a reference somewhere mm-hmm. that he's become noticed by the Cenobites. Well, you get it a lot in the short story, The Last Illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, you get it in the. Uh, the Great and Secret Show and Everville, the two novels that make up the book of the art. Okay, just explain so, to the new pair, guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, so I'm it, a total noob for this, this episode. Yeah, there's this really great like <laughs> folding in of uh, a universe that, that Harry, who had sinned somewhere in his past lives or something, Clive Barker's never been really specific about it, but his... Uh, constant being pulled into these occult and and hellscapes and and attempts at correcting them is because he's sort of making reparations cosmically for things that he's done in the past that he's not even really aware of and so he's Hmm. sort of the unwilling narrator or or the unwilling um uh, force that hell can't help but pay attention to because he's always stopping them whenever they try to you know break into our real world he's that that foil um, and which is why Pinhead tries to stop him because he's like, "Look, if anyone can, can stop me, it's this asshole right here who keeps stopping everyone else." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck, um, I need to read the other books because I didn't get that at all in this. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like it's just you, always kind of thing screaming yeah. at you. You get those things screaming. There's a whole other world, and I'm like wanting more. Going, oh shit! Right, I'm messing out stuff, and mm. that's what I'm saying. I I thought there was a whole range of Hellraiser books. I mean, I've looked into the whole situation between. Barker and uh, Dimension Films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fuck, young, just being young, going, ah, oh, money, sign that, no problem. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll see this whole play out. And then we'll see Harry's characters. Um, When he lost his partner, when he reflects back to that scene where he lost his partner and encounters the demon, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was brutal. That was crazy. <laughs> Spit. <laughs> Yeah, more. I love that. <laughs> Spitter blood, your choice. Yeah. 
<laughs> but that's what so I'm talking about. Like scenes like that, that will turn sixty percent of everyone off of this work. Yeah. But those of us who really <laughs> love this stuff, like, no, this is great. That is amazing. If I was a demon, yeah. I would totally do that. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> everyone wants to touch their wiener in this book. Like everyone is playing with themselves at every point. It's really ridiculous. I mean, it's it's Clyde Barker, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't mess about. But um, like I said, I watched Lord of Illusions. Um, holy shit! Even for the time that like that was uh, early nineties. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! The opening of that is brutal, dude. And the so good. darkness, and it's done. The thing is, it's done in bright light. Mm-hmm. So it's not like your classic dark. It's done bright daylight, and yeah. it's fucking horrendous. <laughs> I loved it so much. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a style that he has, and you get it in this, and you can just tell it's tamed down for the movies mm-hmm. that you read the books. Even um, the Hellraiser series itself is so tame compared to uh, like a Hellbound Heart. Yeah. Uh, when you see Charlie go through the initial. Um, before the female said about it, she's like, okay, right, mm-hmm. now we're ready to begin. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. Well, you see it in this book the whole way through, like the, the brutality. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as we had um, Rogowski summoned, his spirit summoned, and the, the, the magicians are terrified because <laughs> they know that uh, the hell priest is coming through and, and constantly just trying to take their magic in order to sort of build himself up. And then he does show up because the magic they used was sort of a, a, a cue to him cosmically that, oh, shit, they're, they're, they're gathering together. I need to go stop and take. He just, I mean, he impreg- has one of them get impregnated and raped. I mean, he goes crazy on these magicians just to torture mm-hmm. them because how dare they pretend to have any power that he can't take or even dare to try to stop him. You know, mm-hmm. the hell priest is like this all-consuming force that which is why i get so frustrated with the film from time to time he's timeless like the the idea that it's a person that was turned into it kind of bugs me i I, that's why i don't really like the um, second film three times during the franchise it turned him back to human again yeah and i was like what are you doing that for but then again it's part of the battle because after the third one clive barker wanted his property back yeah and it was a six-year um, you know, you know that the, you have a license for a franchise. If you don't make a movie in six years, it reverts back to the owner. Yeah. So that's why Dimension Films are pumping out these straight the DVD, you know, straight the just to try and hold on mm-hmm. to the franchise. But then because they're doing it in the rush and not for the right intentions, they're ruined. No, I mean you could have left Hellraiser one to three, like two. Uh, the end of it, I was a bit, yeah, about like it was a good story up until the end, and then it got a bit stupid. Yeah, it's got some yeah. really good aspects to it. Be, Oh yeah, but then they completely destroyed the franchise, you know, just by making it more and more random. Mm-hmm. And well, because that, it didn't have a source material. That's another mean? one of the the real glaring issues between the films and, and this particular novel is is hell. Like hell is dramatically different. You know, it's much more divine comedy, Dante's Inferno, than mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. Hellraiser Two. Um, yeah. So. Because of those inconsistencies, I, I just sort of segment off my mind, like, okay, this is Clive Barker's novels, these are the films, I can enjoy both separately, but never the two shall meet in my, you know, in my own head canon. Um, but I do but love... this is his thought as well. Yeah. This book's screaming at that. This is not the movies. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. the amount of reference that 
Pinhead became a nickname that the Cenobite absolutely hates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's, he's basically saying himself, I fucking hate that nickname. Why do you make <laughs> yeah. You'd probably see like little cutie Funko Pops of Pinheads and like screaming rage. You know, what <laughs> you bastards, why? I would love to see that scene in a film where he's just like walking through like a... A, a gift shop or something and it's just horror paraphernalia and it's just all little pinhead bobbleheads and shit and he's just mm. like seething and <laughs> he's just infuriated yeah. <laughs> rips his shirt open and then it goes on a rampage yeah um <laughs> one of the strengths of this story is that we get to know some sort of side characters that are really interesting and they they mm-hmm. they help add not just color but context to the other characters you know harry damore is heavily tattooed his tattooist kaz i think um mm-hmm. he brings in lana you know when they all get together as the harrowers as it were but this idea that you get to understand the depths of a character through other characters is a really interesting approach rather than having a whole bunch of backstory about just the one you know you're sort mm-hmm. of broadening out the um the world as it were and like norma being the catalyst to everything in this you know she's the one that accidentally sets the trap for harry in the first place um well sends him into the trap. well she doesn't send the trap it was a lawyer who, right um, right she she was just ever. the one that hired mm-hmm. you know asked him to go yeah, so instead of i picked his he picked his vehicle well mm-hmm. you know i mean he picked the slimy lawyer yeah. Even in death, yeah. you know what I mean? Comes up with a fake smile, fucking snake oil salesman mm-hmm. routine. So there you go. Uh, can I ask uh, you guys well, a question? Because there, there's a piece of this that I started getting a little confused on. Because that moment when he's sent in, Pinhead's trying to kill him. And then he comes back mm-hmm. later and he's like, look, now I want you to be my chronological, my, my, uh, my bard, my scribe. I want you to be my muse to, to record everything that I'm going to do. What not point terrible. did that happen for you guys? Because it, it was a weird transition for me. Like, you it wasn't was after dead. The... Mm-hmm. He gave the magician some of his... You know, uh, God, I can't remember the name of the magician, but the one he, he basically had along with him, and he had him as a symbol. Elixin. That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phoenix, yep. So he gave him some of his um, cognitive ability back, Yeah. and he was kind of disappointed, even with... He realized this wasn't I think he had him as an oracle. What's it, the oracle? Well, trying to be just... What, what was the term? He used the specific term. Um, he was using DC Comics as well oh. for uh, Infinite Crisis. Not familiar. Oh, shit. <laughs> it might have been it. oracle. I, yeah, I'm already on to like another book, so I'm, there's bits yeah, that I kind of missed. Um, you, will, you, will witness, you will be my witness. I think uh, that was... Yeah. Was it? Yeah, witness, yeah. Yeah, you will be my witness. He was going to have Felix as a witness first, but he was disappointed in him. Mm-hmm. And then I think the fact that the more escaped the trap. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he was able to escape it and shoot, uh, proved his tenacity, yeah. I think that's what brought a, you know, he now understood why he was a worthy opponent. Yeah, so and there's also... Thought, Who better? Yeah, there's a fair amount of irony in it too, because you know he wanted him dead because he foils all of Hell's plans, and then he's going to have the guy who foils all of Hell's plans be the chron- the witness to the fall of Hell or the, or the rise of of Hell's you know pinnacle through the Hell Priest himself. Like I, I love that bit of irony. Was he's after he's expelled helping. from the order because he wasn't happy with it. He understood Hell himself has become this decadent. Um you know, lazy, mm-hmm. just 
slaving this existence yeah. um was after he's expelled from the order which is yeah the hell priest yeah yeah yeah, yeah because it was um he got expelled and then he starts doing all his shit and that's when everybody goes into hell to go fuck him up yeah yeah and so even then it wasn't even because they were just yeah, chasing was, norma uh, yeah he, he t well yeah it was after the expulsion that's when he went and got norma mm -hmm. and that's when they all chased him in and that's when he said you'll be my witness yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was after that moment, he just became completely... So Demore was uh, foiling Hell's plans, and he came to that realisation of, well, yous are a bunch of shitheads. <laughs> yous aren't worth, you know what I mean? Yous yeah. aren't worth me aspiring to. Mm -hmm. yeah. Here's the man, here's the perfect man who understands Hell, who's going to chronicle my rise, my ascension. Yeah. What did you guys think uh, of Hell? Like, the way that it was presented? I fucking loved it. It was very similar to um, The Black Tattoo, if you've read that book. I haven't. Mm -mm. Um, brilliant book. Uh, sorry, young adult. I'll, I'll need to, I should have wrote down the name of the author. Sorry, guys. Um, Hold on. Uh, this down. Black Tattoo. Uh, it actually shows hell. It's the only book I've ever read apart from this. It actually shows hell as a landscape that has a hierarchy, has different levels to it. Right. And actually gives it a bit of body because I'm bored with eternal fire, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. People just waiting in stasis to come into the real world. You know, it actually establishes it as its own kingdom. Mm -hmm. I like so that. the fact that he's done here, and depending on your sins or how you end up in hell, depends on your level. Mm -hmm. So you've got the gutter rats, but then you've got the ones even in hell ascend up the different levels. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I've it's probably similar to Rome. Yeah, I mean, that that's the traditional Catholicism view of hell. You know, your, your levels of of depravity, you know, or sin um, that Dante really sort of illustrated beautifully in the Divine Comedy. Um, mm -hmm. What what I, I really appreciate about this is that you not only have that aspect, but you also have the organizational, the structural side of it with the demons mm -hmm. and, and their, you know, their, their different um, echelons and, uh, you know, ostensibly split organizations inside of it you know that the hell priest is part of one fraternal organization and there's mm -hmm. others that you know have sort of come in to fill the gap that lucifer left in his absence and and being presented with an idea that hell without lucifer is interesting too for me um you know oh, yeah. i'm sort of a, just always obsessed with the idea of, of hell and sin and satan and lucifer and that the the fall from grace as it were i've always loved that mythology and to to have this where you know ironically it's a lot like the very beginning of the force awakens where it's like luke skywalker is gone <laughs> lucifer is gone like where yeah. the hell did he go um of course it ends a lot better in this than it did in force awakens a little, yeah, little bit better <laughs> so um well okay do you have a favorite character that, that we're sort of following through? You know, they, they call themselves the Harrowers after they enter into hell chasing uh, the hell priest with and, and Nora. But again, you know, they sort of help inform each other in, in very different ways. You know, you got Dale, this southern gentleman who is really, you know, he's, he's homosexual. He, he sort of likes to flirt with Harry a lot. But then him and Kaz kind of start making this really interesting connection. Um, Lana is the one that I can't really wrap my hands around because we didn't really learn a lot about her mm -hmm. other than she's supposedly a badass, you know, like this fighter yeah. type. Do you have a favorite character in that group? What do you think, Car uh, Cameron? Uh, see, uh, mine definitely would be um, Lorna. Just get, I want to know more about her. Yeah. 
um because she's ultimately like a, a mixture of uh harry and kaz mm-hmm. but she's like a tiny fucking thing uh like i want to see an offshoot story of her yeah that, would, that would be, be cool. fun as hell i like dio because he he kind of held the group together Mm-hmm. He was almost the moral compass because even he centered Harry when Harry started getting. I mean, Harry's like on the verge of just giving up yeah. mm-hmm. at a depressive state because he's been broken, you no know, ground down with this conflict mm-hmm. over his lifetime and potential many lifetimes. You know, that's weighing on his shoulders. So every so often he gets to the point of, "I'm ready to give up," and it's Dale is the one that centers him and brings him back. Yeah, and he yeah, kind of sure. acts as a like that scene with who was that other character who betrayed him. Oh shit. Who betrayed Harry? Yeah. But give him the potion, the I mean the trans character, the the Right, right, right. Uh, oh, um he, he, Dale keeps calling it bet you're a bitch, you're a dick, mm-hmm. you're a, you know what I mean just God, that shit was steals, so steals um one liners. Yeah. Yeah. Um Oh god, I forget the name of the god. I should have. It's because yeah. it's been over a week since I read this. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, like like, like Cameron. I'm already on to another book, so like yeah. my I, I try to refresh everything. But, but I mean, the, this book is meant to be this epic journey, really presenting hell for the first time uh, in the context of the hell priest. So you get mm-hmm. to see everything as him as your guide, you know, he's sort of clearing the way for the harrowers to come in and witness everything he's done uh, and using Nora as that sort of uh, carrot on a stick. But this was meant to be a 1000 to 2000 page epic, you know, I mean, this was supposed to be a huge volume and it got truncated down to what it is now. You know, there's interviews where Clive Barker's talking about how they were actually going to be traveling back to see, um, uh, the, um, the birth of Christ and Harry Damore was going to have a conversation with Jesus about sacrifice and about sin. Like this was supposed to be this massive Christ, <laughs> Christian mythology epic. Um, that would have like just a quick sidebar because yeah. of what I'm reading right now. That would have fucked me up horribly. <laughs> oh really? So I, I'm reading uh, Memnock the Devil. Oh yes. Um, so I'm, I'm going through the Anne Rice Vampire Chronicles. Yeah. And there was already so much crossover between the two that I kept getting them confused from time to time. <laughs> if they would have done that shit, I would have been like, I don't know which one I'm reading at this point. <laughs> I love that book. That's a good one. That's fucking good. You can just give me a story about the devil. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Do that scene. Is that the one where he steps on the eyeball and it squishes between his toes? Yeah. Oh, God. That is multiple times. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I love oh, that book. Um, okay, so back to this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, this was Clive Barker is one of those um, writers who he works on stuff for decades and just sort of ruminates on it and thinks about it, and then you know he'll sometimes just hang it up and never return to it, or or he'll end up going back to it years later and trying to refine it. This is one of those stories where he was working on it for so long he didn't really know where it should go. He knew he wanted pinhead or the hell priest to do what he did but he didn't really know how to get there he knew he wanted to tell this uh, epic hell um narrative but he didn't really know how to to like nail it home and so what was meant to be this really incredible divine comedy experience ended up sort of falling flat um for me i didn't i didn't really 
believe that there would be so few hangups for the harrowers traveling through hell. Mm -hmm. I don't, I just, for me, I don't care if the hell priest went through there and scattered armies and, you know, destroyed a bunch of people. You're in hell. There must be some other obstacles that these people have to face. Some new terrors that, that are just fresh because it's hell, you know? Instead, it makes me think of like a weird sort of English countryside that they're just sort of walking in the wake of a battle. <laughs> and so they're, you know, they're just seeing the, the remnants of the battle, but there's no personal consequences involved um i can forgive it because this book came out in 2015 i think yeah and he only got the rights back in 2020 so he still didn't have he was still going through this with uh, dimension films mm -hmm. and that's got a mess with you yeah you know yeah. when he's watching his his idea get completely bastardized yeah i mean um was it Revelations was like the last one. It was fucking awful. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. watched it? Yeah, I've seen oh, part man. of it. Yeah, I had to. I he just can't, you know what I mean? Fucking big square head. And the whole thing with the angels at the end. And, oh, God, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. Well, it gets rough. But, but no, if you're watching your work, something like that being done to your work. Yeah. That's that's going to tie it up. So this book is a, is a fuck you, basically. You know what I mean? That was his way of going, I'm not happy with what you are doing. Yeah. And that's that screams, that whole thing screams to me. And then having, knowing the kind of backstory and what was going on, I, I kind of see it get told out in this book, mm -hmm. which gives me a lot yeah. of sympathy for it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it definitely felt like a, a, a writing of the ship, you know, for, for his universe. Um, I just, I wish we would have gotten the extended cut. I want the 2000... Mm -hmm page version of this because i just want to live here for a while you know i i, I love yeah. his version of new york it could still it. happen i hope it's been a long it could, time you could revise know. it you know um with everything cools down now he's got everything back get a clear head he could revise this um mm -hmm. novel well they're already making no a, why not. A, a, i think it's a netflix remake of no I th it's, is it not hulu oh is it hulu okay i, I knew they were making it <laughs> Hulu oh, seems God. to be a little bit stronger with that shit. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, let, let's talk about the, the Lucifer part. Because ultimately, I, I, we've always seen this Lucifer as a sort of um, a relatable <laughs> figure of sorts. Uh, so uh, Still relatable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> what did you think about uh, the, the approach, you know, once once the hell priest and everyone gets to that sort of island um, palace that ends up, you know, being a tomb, what did you think about um, his, his take on Lucifer? That was fucking awesome and made so much sense as to why he was a figure that, I mean, he's the ruler of hell and nobody sees him, nobody hears from him or anything. And it makes sense, uh, you know, again, kind of tying back to the other book I'm reading, like that's something that stressed so hard is the the pure sorrow and agony that Lucifer feels by being out of God's presence. Mm -hmm. um, but also having the problem of you can almost get there, but not quite. So, of course, ah, fuck it. I want to die. I want to get the fuck out of here. And, you know, going through all the rituals and just seeing how he basically committed suicide without actually committing suicide yeah that was fucking sweet yeah it was just like this yeah. the best he could do is put himself in a stasis 
and then, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's torturing of itself. But then Stopping to have some asshole wake you up, <laughs> yeah. No, what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, because in the end, Christian mythology, um, this is a family dispute. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. forget that. People, oh, good, you know, what I mean, when fucking loony Christians get in your face, blah blah blah. But it's effectively a family dispute. Um, mm-hmm. there's a TV show, uh, it was originally created by Fox. Lucifer did this wonderfully. Oh yeah, the whole family dynamic between Lucifer and God. Um, don't know if you've watched it. I haven't. Mm-hmm. Oh right, it's a re- actually a really good. It's done as a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't take itself too seriously, but there's a lot of like deep moments, and it's really, it's actually a really good series. Oh nice. Um, it actually ruined um when they remade Sabrina, the teenage witch, mm-hmm. and then. I was watching Lucifer, and then they showed that version of the devil. I was like, what the fuck's this? <laughs> this guy came out with absolutely no charisma, no soul. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, but this this telling of Lucifer has basically broken, re- uh, remorseful, because he basically went against his dad. It's not even like God Almighty. He went against his father, his family. Mm-hmm. He, he's being cut off from his family. After millennia, he's depressed, and he can't commit suicide because he's an eternal. Mm-hmm. So the fact that and plus this was his greatest work. He, he built this cathedral with his abilities. Took sent you know I, mean, I think it took a millennia and his abilities. So this was his greatest work mm-hmm. to be his tomb. Yeah, and that's what he crafted his energy into, so he could basically rest in oblivion, um, like the whole uh, Roman Catholic thing, uh, purgatory. You know, it's yeah. uh, that's he, he basically wanted to be in his own purgatory, just switch off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd get it if I was like that, and somebody woke me up, I'd be a bit grumpy too. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just funny the way they portrayed him. Tried to make it as if he was weak, and Pinhead mm-hmm. had a chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was that was the funny bit. Well, that's what I loved was, about it is because like Pinhead, Pinhead really thought he had a chance. chance. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Uh, well, fuck for a minute there, you thought it. Yeah. Like, oh my god, he killed Lucifer. Yeah. <laughs> But he didn't, he just slightly annoyed him. He's like, right, yeah. fuck you. If acid gamers are going to play, guess what? I'm well, that is, Lucifer's like, I I can't, he took me out of my slumber. I can't die. I can't go back. I'm not going to let this guy, like, become the new prince of hell. He's like, mm-hmm. fuck this guy. You know, at first he was just sort of being bad around. He's like, I don't really care anymore. How dare you? I, I, just an aside, I loved how... Um, the hell priest was cutting parts of him off in order to fit in Lucifer's armor. That was <laughs> fucking awesome. I thought it was so great. It got to a point though, like when Lucifer was like disemboweling him, and I was like, "Well, what is left of this hell priest? Like he's been ripped apart. Like is he's got like a leg? <laughs> he's just hopping around. Like he's so tore to pieces, and he cut himself into pieces before that. Like what is actually left of him at the right. end? You know." In but order, Parker describes it beautifully that there isn't anything left. You know, yeah. there, from the centuries, uh, millennia of torture and self mutilation that Devore went through as a Cenobite. Because mm-hmm. do you remember the scene where they have the people like on spikes? Yeah. Outside the Cenobite temple because they're initiates. <laughs> so they're going through the initial. Um, they're not even. Because um, even if you think back to Hellbound Heart, right. Charlie wasn't even getting initiated as hell priest he was just opened the lament configuration and yeah. he got sucked in so he wasn't even at that stage so that was only the first level of suffering mm-hmm. 
So there's the torture souls and uh, God, what you call her out of Hellbound Heart? Back in the second one, Kirsty. Who? What? Kirsty is the one with the. Are you talking about the the Cenobite? No, no, the human. Well, the girl was Kirsty, the daughter. Kirsty, right? So even Kirsty, you know, coming back from hell, mm-hmm. she wasn't even like they're just the the playthings. Yeah. That's why they're like I never want to go back there. They're just the playthings. But the people on the spikes outside the temple are actually taking themselves to the next level of suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Pinhead is an established hell priest, well known and infamous. So he's taken himself several levels above that again. Yeah. And even that's not enough. He has to mutilate himself further just to wear this armor. Mm-hmm. And even then, Luc- it's because Lucifer's like just woken up going. Somebody's trying to hack him to pieces. He's like, hey, hang on a minute, you know. Yeah. And anyway, so well, you bastard, <laughs> you know, and that was it. Yeah. What did you guys think about the the conclusion of it? Because this is the only inconsistent part for me was that why would the hell priest rape Nora to death personally? I could see him maybe having someone else do it, but. Mm-hmm. For him to do it, I, that felt so out of character for me. What did you guys think? Yeah, yeah well, especially um, when he still has, because um, at that point he still had what's his bucket, the Felix, split head dude, right? Or was Felixson, this after? I think this is at the end. This is like after he lost to Lucifer, um, and oh, okay. just sort of like a yeah. last fuck you to, to Harry and mm-hmm. Nora. Like I, I don't even realize why he did. It. Like in my head, I'm making that up. Like it's a last fuck you. It didn't explain why he did it. It's just that he did it. It's like what? Yeah, yeah. Pinhead being weird. physical, um, and this is partly the movie's fault as well. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be above that. Yeah. You know, what I mean, the chains. Well, beyond. Are you know, I mean, that's his yeah. whole character is is beyond pleasure and pain. I don't know. It's, it was weird. It was yeah. a bit petty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, straight. Yeah, up. it was straight up petty. It was just like, why? You were so much better than that. Even if you were defeated by Lucifer, it took Lucifer. <laughs> You know, yeah. like you beat everyone else. You are number two in hell. That's not good enough. You just have to like sort of pound, stomp your feet and hold your breath. Like, who the <laughs> fuck are you? Right. Uh. But once again, this is Barker. Yeah. This is Barker showing his um, disgust for the movie franchise. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, I gave the book a rate there. And I understand where this is coming from. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he had not stopped fighting. Like, you're talking about six movies yeah, worth yeah. of fighting to try and get his franchise back. And, you know, like I said, he didn't even get it back until 2020, so this book is already out. So yeah. this is his protest. So he wanted he wanted to destroy the character of Pinhead. Oh, he certainly did. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you know what I mean? He, he actually wanted to tear down the character because he's pissed off what the movie franchise did to it. So I can actually get this mm-hmm. from the book. Yeah. So you can actually see that this is the author's voice screaming at you going, fucking get this, so I'm going to do this to him. Oh, yeah. Our well, even down to, like, his description of Pinhead in the beginning, like, it's just like, fuck this guy. He's a fucking turd. I don't like him anymore. When Lucifer starts pulling out the nails, yeah. going, is this what you thought was cool? You know, yeah. and pushing the back yeah. in and pulling it out and pushing oh, the back man. in and going, really? This is what you think scary? <laughs> Lucifer's the best. So yeah. <laughs> what did you think about the end with Lucifer? Because ultimately he destroys, he collapses health that he created and he goes and tries life. He's like, I want to see what it's like on the outside. What did you guys think about that? 
I thought yeah, it was I appreciate good. it. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. It, but just, there's no more He's hell. just doing what his dad did. That's all it is. Yeah. He's like, ah, fuck it. He seemed to like it for 33 years. Why not? I'll give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It it, it kind of bugs me. That doesn't mean there can't be another hell. Right. I mean, he destroyed right. that hell. Yeah. Yeah, that it was it was the sadness for me, or at least I experienced the sadness of of not only the loss of the hell priest, but also the loss of hell. I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, but I like them. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to still be. <laughs> but this is once again, this is the whole drama. Yeah. No, this I guess Ty Barker's grieving protest. Yeah, I, I get yeah, I mean, that's, that's in, in, this like book ending. Is, the I get it. Yeah. Um Okay, so maybe we can talk about what our favorite parts of this are. So um, let's start with you, Colin. What, what's your favorite part of this this novel? Um, as I mentioned before, when he was talking about the death of his partner and the demon, mm-hmm. he encounters it. When they're they're going to do a sting and the uh, scummy takes is with the prostitute, mm-hmm. and he sees the goat tied to a thing, but it's, it's through his vision, yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to tell him, "Don't look! Don't look!" And then because if you're in proximity of Harry, then you see too. <laughs> and then that just kicks that whole series of events off. I'm like, oh, shit. Tony has done what you're told. And all, it was just like a side comment, like, hey, don't do that. What are you doing? And yeah. they're like, you don't realize. You just said that to a demon. Like, <laughs> just ignore <laughs> it. Just look the other way. Move on, Dude. man. <laughs> this is not your realm. This is outside your jurisdiction. So great. Ugh. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, just that whole whole scene and the fact that he just remembered it and was like I want to I want to delve into Harry Demore now you know that's, oh, yeah. I want to read his tales and where it all goes uh, I just hope it's a consistent uh, story well it's not like an A to I'm B not... narrative with Harry Harry comes in and goes through some... alright no yeah. the, the closest you're going to get is the, the last um, illusion and that's it and that's all him. I mean, Everville, he is heavy in Everville. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get a lot of him if you read those. Um, but, yeah. Just yeah, I think, I think Books of Blood's next on the list. And oh, you should definitely. It's cool. Just work through them. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But even Books of Blood, you know, it's it's not a narrative. It's it's a collection of different stories, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I just want to see that universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, I mean, that's what this book's got me. I, I want to see, because it is a crossover. Yeah. I want to see the other universe. It's got me intrigued. Yeah. Well, that's awesome because it. I think it should. I don't think enough people know about Harry Damore as a character. I He's like one of my most favorite uh, horror film or horror, horror characters because he's the everyman. He's us. You know, mm-hmm. we're obsessed with the occult. We have tons of, I mean, in some cases, we have tons of tattoo, a little bit of body modification, you know, in some of us, a little more on others. Um, but like a little less or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but the, I mean, this is, he, he, we live that world, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, of course in our own world, but I don't know. He, he's, he's, he's one of us. Google gobble, you know, I mean, <laughs> I yeah, yeah, straight up. <laughs> I love him. Um, We're just one tome away, yeah. and dragged in and seeing everything. Yeah. God, God, yeah. I find that book that explains uh, the tattoos. I'm fucking covering myself. Shit, yeah, dude. Shit, yeah. <laughs> so, what was your favorite part, Cameron? So it's hard. It's a toss up. Um, obviously, the one that Colin just said, like that's that's the one that's constantly going through my head. Anytime I think of this book, it's going to be that, mm-hmm. and the tee uh, <laughs> when the demon's beating off. Like I love that. It's so fucking good. 
Um, yeah. So it's between that and um, towards the end uh, when the big ass monster that everybody's scared of that's in the, yeah. the lake. Oh, yes. Uh, they're like, you know, don't fuck with it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like when that finally comes out and starts eating motherfuckers. Oh, man, that was just like that was what I I was hoping for something like that in hell. Because, oh, yeah. of course, there's always got to be something. That's the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah that, that was the bathroom. Badass. I love the way they described it, too. Like, mm. I, I still don't have a crystal picture, but you're not really supposed to. It's like this yeah. tentacled, in, or not tentacled, but like, like um, almost like a, like a millipede or something, but like a gargantuan scale that is almost endless. And yeah. to think that hell has a creature that the denizens of hell are afraid of. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's just like like, and that's that's another thing that I loved about this is the the shit you don't really consider when you consider hell and stuff like that. Like, there's different religions down there. Yeah, there's different sects, and that was just such a beautiful experience. That of course that would make sense. Mm-hmm. It's been there since the dawn of fucking time. Yeah. Uh, well, predates time really. Obviously, there's gonna be different branches, different beliefs, different practices. Um. Yeah, it just kind of was so beautiful. Dude, I loved it. Give a, give a flavor. Hell had actual flavor to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, the whole thing of actually walking through a landscape and just gnarly trees and stuff was, yeah, a bit flat. But if I had it just been a volcano with fire and people going, right, ah, right. they like spawn, <laughs> ah, yeah. that would have bored. You know what I mean? We've seen that a hundred times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But given it that bit of depth, just, uh, you know, makes me want to know more and how it developed and what mm-hmm. the inter struggles were yeah. before this book. Like, there should definitely, this should have been a series on its own, but I think because of the whole movie thing, why, why would you put your energy? If somebody's like bastardizing it on the screen and everybody sees it as that thing, how are you going to even be motivated to write a book mm-hmm. yeah. and say, no, actually, that's not what I meant? When you signed you signed up at a paper, what age was he? Like 21, 22? Mm-hmm. Hellbound Heart came out. Yeah, he was a kid. Yeah. He's only uh, he's like really young, and he got the, you know what I mean flashy lights, and he signed up at a paper, and it's like oh shit, the reality of what these studios do. Yeah, uh, had him. I mean, he did great with um, Hellraiser. You know, the, the very first movie that he actually helped, you know, get out there. It, it was pretty much his vision, and so mm-hmm. you know he he had a good experience, but then of course they want to keep pushing out new content and so he's like okay well how can we sort of continue that story so they made hellraiser 2 and then he was just like i don't really want to do this anymore (laughs) you know he's putting out other books that are like epic in scope like a magica where you know and he doesn't want to do this anymore you know he wants to do other Mm -hmm. stuff but everyone else just want you know after that one quote from stephen king about clive barker's the new face of horror Everyone wants to ride that that money train and make just mm-hmm. tons of films. And he's just like, I don't really yeah. want to do that. And then we didn't get anything I'm... from him for a very long time, and all he did was artwork. And then he came out with the Aberat trilogy, which is great if you haven't read that. Um, and he illustrated the whole thing himself, and we got this other side of Clive Barker rather than just the the storyteller, the visual artist, which is equally great. And like his his yeah. sketches of Pinhead are amazing i love them they're so good mm-hmm. and his artwork is great so yeah it's fucking fantastic yeah um my favorite that's part... that's a problem when you get involved with these studios yeah yeah but you know what can you do like they own it they own the rights for a period of mm-hmm. time you just have to wait and bite your thumb 
<laughs> like, yep, and then mm-hmm. as soon as you get the rights back, you hire Mick Garris, and he does a TV special. <laughs> I really hope that's going to be good. I hope so, too. <laughs> I hope so, too. Um, my favorite part of this is... I I like when, when Clive Barker's universe leaks into ours. So that's why I like Harry Damore so much, is because when we get this image of these terrified magicians who for regular humans are immensely powerful and you know they they're they've tapped into this ancient um uh tradition of wisdom that no one knows about and they're summoning this ghost i just i love the idea that there is this aspect to reality that no one is really aware of and so we open with that it just sort of leaks into our world and then we see the, we hear the tolling of the bells and everyone knows what that means. And just like, fuck, there's something <laughs> so much deeper and darker that, you know, it, it adds gravity to Pinhead after having become mm-hmm. this sort of bobblehead character, you know, these witty one-liners, you know, just sort of coming off and, you know, making comedic jabs. Now this brings him back to, no, no, no. The Hell Priest is terrifying. He terrifies mm-hmm. the most powerful humans on the planet, and he he just toys with them. He fucks with them because he can, because he's eternal, mm-hmm. because he's fucking the Hell Priest. You know, I love that so much. It just it was the best introduction to what this story was going to you know move into that I think I could have ever expected. I loved it. It was great. Mm-hmm. What about least favorite parts, uh, Colin? Let's start with you. Um. When he's expelled from the Cenobite Order, um, oh, yeah. when he's brought into the temple, I was so disappointed by, first of all, I always saw Pinhead as the epitome. I thought he was the lead hell priest. Right. They found out that he wasn't, and he's actually, although infamous, was really low down in the packing order. And then when you hear these other Cenobites, they're so stiff, and you have been exploring forbidden things. It's like, no, you're meant to, nothing's meant to be forbidden in your order. So where's this shit come from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just that whole scene playing out and the politics of hell. But um, who was it? Oh, I should forget, but you know what I mean? The pol- yeah. It just kind of took me out of it. I'm like, I don't want to see too much of this. That's boring. You know what I mean? It's really boring. Yeah. But him, that whole scene where he's brought in and like chastised and thrown out. And uh, I suppose it makes the revenge more, more satisfying mm-hmm. that he wasn't going to stop his plans anyway. Mm-hmm. And it kind of factored this in. But that organization um, just really took me out of it. If we'd ever seen that before, like in the movies, you'd just be like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, what about you, Cameron? Uh, well, I don't have like a specific scene or anything that I didn't like particularly care for. Really, my biggest problem was the fact that the whole hellscape part, like that just felt so rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I get it. He's trying to pump shit out. But, like, that could have been so much longer. Yeah. And it would have been so much better. It just, yeah, it just, it felt so rushed. And it's sort of like, you know, you get a good movie. The original pass is like four hours. And, of course, they're like, oh, well, we can't do four hours. We've got to do an hour and a half. And then somebody that comes in, doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, edits it, and gets rid of all the fucking story. Um, that's kind of what it felt like to me. Like, I still enjoyed it, but I could have lived in that so much longer. Yeah, the strength, for me, the strength of hell has always been the personal connection. 
um, you know, in, in Hellraiser 2, when Frank is tormented by these slabs of meat, as it were, of women that come out, but he can't actually touch any of them. Um, they just tempt him. You know, the idea that hell is there to torture the people. I, I've always liked versions of hell where it is a personal experience. So, you know, mm -hmm. Pinhead is going through hell uh, in a very similar way of in the Apocrypha, Jesus walks through hell. You know, he's sort of witnessing the the, the madness and the, the structure of this unstructured landscape. Um, you know, like, like when Dante was uh, going through hell, uh, being led by Virgil, you know, they're explaining why these different levels existed, who controlled mm -hmm. them and, and who went to them. It, it made it personal. And so it made it much more um, believable and, and drew you in as a reader. This version of walking through hell, they, there was nothing personal about it. They were chasing someone that was just ahead of them. So mm -hmm. the time you're in hell, they're not experiencing, if they would have like, if they would have had these scenes where Harry ran across previous people that he knew in life that are being tortured or tormented, well, then now there's a great connection because you're mm -hmm. seeing, you know, or maybe the demons that he had sent back, you know, mm -hmm. th there's a, like a taste of that in this, but it didn't well, really the, do it. The, well, and the crazy thing is that's even set up prior to them going in mm -hmm. was it almost set it up like, Hey, you're probably going to run into some motherfuckers yeah. because they talk about how many demons he sent back. Um, and then, yeah, you get there and it's like they're in there, but because they're not dead, they're not actually in there. That's kind of how I took it. Yeah. yeah. I, don't I don't know so how that, much that, sense that makes. That was the least, my least favorite portion of it as well. Mm -hmm. um, even though, you know, I'm a big fan of hell. <laughs> Yeah, it's so yeah. weird to say. Um, Remedy Feist actually did a good job of that um, when they went into Liz Craver's uh, realm because um, Pug would have seen somebody they'd encountered before and he couldn't. They're waiting in queue basically to be judged by her. That, that's the way his okay. setting of the underworld was. Um, and he'd encounter somebody and then he would falter mm -hmm. because he'd want to go and go into the thing. But if he joined the queue, then you become part of the queue, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or the line you say, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. If he if he got into the line with the people, then you're trapped, and then you're that's the only path for you. Mm -hmm. um, Greek mythology does it as well. Um, yeah. God, what was it? Uh, shit, goes down to Hades. Uh, underworld to rescue his wife. I was told not to turn back. Right. Mm -hmm. I I don't know the the individual oh, gods God. and heroes' names. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I do know the story. Greek, Greek mythology is. Friggin' three books about the one size, so mm -hmm. it's it's actually a, a whole academic study in itself. But oh, yeah. that that story where basically the only way lead out by not looking back if you falter. So yeah, if it had been a bit of that, I would have just taken it to the next level. But yeah. I understand why he didn't because this book is a protest book. Mm -hmm. I think well, they have to keep that in their minds. I think the original edits of it were that. You know, I mean, just the fact of, of talking, you know, traveling through dimensional space and time in order to see the nativity and then, you know, moving forward to talk about, you know, have Harry talk to a Jesus character like there was that originally. So he did definitely cut that stuff out. Um, so I don't know. That's that's why I think it's the least least attractive mm -hmm. part of the story. Published this. Um, they really needed Pod McMillan like there. Um they're normally all right. Is it a publisher, aren't they? I, I think he edited it out. I don't think someone else did. I think I think he was. I I actually don't. 
this is conjecture. I have no idea, but he's, he was going through so many health issues and I think he still is um, some like serious, you know, life and death health issues that someone on his staff, you know, there's a rumor out there that he didn't even put this final version together. Someone else did. And, and we just don't know because he's never commented on it that I'm aware of. And all we know is what he said when he was writing it was going to be in it. And then what we got and it wasn't in it. So mm-hmm. we know he meant it to be much bigger. It didn't end up being bigger. He was going through a bunch of health issues at the time. Something happened. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, there's, but, you can definitely see that with this book. Yeah. There, the real world has impacted on the storytelling. That's yeah. why I keep referring to it. Yeah. You can you can't read this book and not understand that stuff was going on. Mm. You know, I mean, and that's what gives me an appreciation for it. The fact that it came out at all. Yeah. And it was still a compelling story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well let's let's Apart talk about it's, it's... let's talk about our ratings. Um Cameron, what'd you give this? Uh, so I'll give it a good four. Mm-hmm. It it was great. I liked it. Um definitely not my favorite Clive Barker. I, I feel like of course I'm a little um, little biased because I don't have the full breadth of the um, the Hell Priest saga as it was. So uh, I'm sure it might change as I read other books, but that's that's where I keep it for now. Yeah. What about you, Colin? I give it a five. Um, like I said, I understand all that was going on. The fact that this book still came out and was still a riveting story, and it makes me want to learn more. Yeah. And delve into the world. It's not like you just pick us up, forget about it, and set it down. I want to actually start collecting the series and build up the backstory. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to think now that he's got the rights back, that this is going to get revised again. I've just a funny feeling it is. I hope. I don't think this is the end. Yeah, I keep hoping that this when... is his version of the stand. Yeah. Comes out this big, and then he's like, ah, fuck it, I got it back, and then it's a fucking bigger than dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> It depends how this TV show goes as well. If he um, uses the TV show to start expanding on the universe, I see that being revised again and coming back out. Maybe mm-hmm. as a two-parter. Mm-hmm. So I'm not writing it off. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, I can see what's why it got truncated. I can understand the the real world stuff coming on. So the yeah. fact that uh, fair play and the, go through all that shit and still pump out this book. I mean, kudos. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, I was really excited when I heard that there was actually an unfinished sort story that he started about a, a bridge story because he always knew he wanted to have the Hell Priest have a witness and his rise to to power uh, in Hell, but he didn't know how to get there. And so the original um, story was a continuation with Kirsty. And um, he ended up just sort of putting it away because he could never really wrap his head around it. Years later, um, in 2018, uh, Mark Allen Miller went back to that, talked, uh, collaborated with Clive Barker in order to sort of create a bridge between the Hellbound Heart and the Scarlet Gospels. And it's called Hellraiser the Toll. I haven't read it yet. I just bought it once I found out about it. It's, it's only like 70 pages, but it's supposed to be that bridge where Kirsty is supposed to be the first witness and somehow that gets foiled or something. So I'm excited to read that. Uh, and I'm really glad that there is this sort of connective tissue that exists that was informed by Clive Barker, even if he didn't do the entirety of the story himself. But that's another part where, you know, 
is Mark Miller the one that sort of pushed him to return to the story and then it's his final stamp and not Clive Barker's final stamp? Like, we just don't know. Um, mm -hmm. This may, leads me to believe that maybe there are other forces at work that were sort of pushing him to finish this and to, to get it where it is rather than, the, you know, letting him get to it in his own time or something. But, oh well. We don't want another George R.R. R. Martin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine being one of his fans. You know, oh. I mean, it must be a bit shit for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I actually do really like his work. Um, and I'm infuriated that he hasn't finished the goddamn Song of Ice and Fire yet. That's what but, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It must be shit to be a George fan because he's yeah. a cunt. Yeah. He's a straight up... <laughs> so I think they're like, no, Clive, let's, let's get this done. Come on. <laughs> you can look at it later, but that's, come on, get it out there. Yeah. Um, I gave it a four, four knives in the back. Um, that's a good thing. It it wasn't a hundred percent for me. There's so much in this novel that I absolutely desperately loved. Um, so many characters coming together that I loved and the imagery that he paints through his writing, I just think is just so wonderful. I love his perversity, his, his just monstrosity, the abominations of actions that he has the hell priest and others commit on each other. And I just love it so much. And so mm -hmm. I couldn't give it any less than that. And I wanted to give it five, but the landscape of hell, just, I, I want it to be a little more personal, you know, a little more mm -hmm. consequential for the people going into it. You know, I mean, they're not this sort of son of God walking through in protection. They're just fucking mortals, you know, that's it. So they, it should have been rougher on them, I thought, but yeah. oh well. Um, anything else you guys wanted to talk about with this? Think we got no, it. I think that's. I think we pretty much covered it. it was a good, like I said, it was enjoyable. Um, be interesting to see. Uh, I think I'll look up the toll. Get that. Yeah, it was. It's like, like two bucks pages. or seven bucks or. I mean, it's like yeah, really so cheap. I'll, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll pick that up. Um, yeah, that's definitely being added to the queue. Yeah, <laughs> love to see this expanded. This universe. Yeah. Um, now that he's got the rights back, I want to see the universe done properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you should read the books of the art because the art is magic. And that's mm -hmm. his, that's, that's him fleshing everything out that happens in this book. It's already like fleshed out in that as a universe. And so that's like, I think that should be, they're big reads, but they're worth it. They're really good. So Excellent. the great and secret show and Everville definitely read those if you want more. Um, all right, so uh, that's it. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Haunted Grove, a horrific podcast. Of course, if you want to know about what is coming up next, the only way to do it is to toll the bell. Ring that motherfucker. And of course, you want to subscribe to the channel because why wouldn't you? Show some class. Right, you're already fucking watching us. Drew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let us know what you thought about Clive Barker's work in general, the Scarlet Gospel specifically, or just Pinhead. Do you think he should be gone? Do you want him back? Do you want them to keep making those films <laughs> that they made so many of? Did you enjoy them? Let us know in the comments below. Have a great day, everyone. I don't forget, if you want to survive between now and next, next episode, um, come across the Lament configuration, leave it alone. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> don't play with it. Just try to ignore it. It might still come get you. Well, that's the thing about it, though. It just opens itself sometimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> the movie or the bookings. <laughs>